time for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. From the Fricker Studios. On Classic Hits 96.7 WBBI. On ESPN 1430 AM. And at 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics. Frickers. Warner Automotive. By Blanchard Valley Health System. Rotor Rooter. Bigby Coffee. By Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire. Grit. By MJ Brown Construction Company. Premier Bank. Campus Poly By Financial Design Insurance Agency. Snyder's Flooring Outlet, Ohio Automotive Supply, Seneca Millwork, Five Star Maintenance, and by the Rumpy Corporation. And now, let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic It's 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday night. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I mean, to get started, all, all I got to say is four. We have got ourselves a golf special today. This is going to be fun. I'm I'm super excited about it. We are in state tournament time for high school golf. So we actually have golf coaches on. I, I'm, I'm excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got a great show across the deck for everybody getting into our usuals. We get a ton of content for you. And man, we got another great weekend of sports heading your way as we're also getting close to volleyball playoff time. And we, we witnessed something neither one of us expected yesterday with that Calvert Liberty Benton game going straight sets in favor of Calvert, but hats off to them. A great win overall. And just, man, got, got me so amped up for the remainder of this week. Let me tell you what it's, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Quick, uh, quick aside to talk about that volleyball match from last night, uh, Calvert uh, able to beat Liberty Benton in straight sets. And uh, I said it at the front end of the broadcast. I would be completely surprised if this goes straight sets for either team. And in fact, it did go straight sets in favor of Calvert and uh, our, our good buddy, Jeff Hammer uh, tagged me, tagged us on Facebook, even though you're not on Facebook, he tagged us in a picture and said, can't wait to listen back to tonight's game from yesterday. And I said, we were both excited for the first two sets. And then we kind of more turned to shocked and like just completely blown away in set three. Yeah. I would say set, set three. Um, not some of our best tape, just to be candid, uh, just because we, we were floored. We didn't know how to respond. It was we neither one of us were even remotely anticipating the way that game played out. I mean, we were anticipating a good match, a good back and forth. Neither one of us were thinking it was going to turn into a straight set win. And it, it just goes back to a statement I've made a couple times now already that if anyone in their same logical right minds can tell me that there's three teams better than Calvert in division four right now, I would have a bridge to sell them. It's just, it, I, I can't think of a team that is better than them after what we saw last night, just incredible performance. Incredible. We will talk with Kevin Harris, writer from meet at midfield, awful announcing and the comeback to talk. Ohio State football's win against Michigan State. We'll talk with Kevin here in just a few minutes. We'll also talk with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams, coming off a big win, this time over Clay. They take on St. John's this Friday. We'll 
here from Coach Adams in about a half hour or so. And we'll also talk with a handful of golf coaches that have clinched a trips to clinched trips to state later this week. We'll talk with Van Buren head boys golf coach Eric Heikamp, Van Buren girls golf coach Ronza Nye, and Calvert girls golf coach Matt Brown. We'll hear from them all later on in the show. This is, in fact, the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. We are not at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Wednesday, today, their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. You can have the kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window or get delivery. You can also, of course, dine in. All those daily specials dine in only at Frickers. And you can download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic at 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Dawn. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. Are you looking for a job with a great company? The Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $18.84 an hour with a raise after 90 days. These are full-time positions that work second shift from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m. There's also an opening for a CDL Class A truck driver. To apply, go to Ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family-driven. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common, hanging out with you here once again on this Wednesday night. The Ohio State Buckeyes keep moving along a 49-20 win over Michigan State. They will have a bye week this week before they take on Iowa. You can listen to Buckeye football all season long on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. We are now pleased to be joined by Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the comeback here in the Frickers Zoom Room. Kevin, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? Uh, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again for for taking the time to talk with us. And I'm again going to sound like a broken record because Ohio State does 
exactly what they need to do in a big win on the road this time over Michigan State. What were some of the big things you took away from the game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, kind of rinse, repeat. It's the same conversation we've been having every week. It seems like, uh, you know, it was a dominant performance, really all sides of the ball. Um, I think Michigan State, they, they scored a couple touchdowns. One of them was really aided by some really dumb penalties that aren't really even ones that you're going to see repeated or anything like that. So um, I, I think it's an even better performance than it looked like on paper. And it looked pretty dominant on paper. Honestly, uh, I'm, I'm kind of stymied as to what we could possibly say about this. Cause I think Lance at the now that it's, it's just a broken right. It's Ohio state shows up. It's a, a little bit slow, like barely slow to get started. And then they just start blowing the doors off the place. I mean, this was, an extremely dominant performance once again. Well, what do you take away from it that is new that we saw? Because, I mean, C.J. Stroud had a great game. Travion Henderson, first game back in a little while, had a solid game. The, the receiving core, again, without Jackson Smith and Jigba, continues to impress. I, I guess, is, is there anything new to be gleaned from this team besides that it's just a really, really good football team this year? Yeah. Well, I think I think really the more that Ohio State does this, the more that they come out and just handle business, the more that is kind of what you learn about this team. Because if you look around the country, that's not really what's happening around the country. You know, like look at what Alabama, what happened with Alabama and Texas A&M again this weekend. You know, I, I don't I don't think that game was as close as the final score indicates. Um, I think Bama really dominated that game in a lot of ways, but they turned the ball over four times. And when you turn the ball over four times against an opponent with a pulse like it's hard to win um and so like while ohio state's you know out here blasting a team by you know three touchdowns four touchdowns on the road you've got you know the another potential national title contender that's turning the ball over four times and needing one last play uh, to, to really get out with a victory so I, I think just the fact that we can have these conversations every week is like oh yeah it was another you know, dominant Ohio State win. It's like, yeah, but like no other team in the country is really doing this. You know, I, I think like far and away, Ohio State's consistent dominant performances are, um, you know, stand out from everybody else. And you can even talk about like that with different players, you know. Um, CJ Stroud, he hasn't just been good. He's been consistent. These receivers, it's not like these three, the three guys that are really stepping up right now. It's not like any of them are um, having off games or, down performances or anything like that like it's just every week they have a hundred yard game with multiple touchdowns um you know I I think you can say the same thing about the running backs there's two great running backs who you just you can start either one of them they can each play an entire game and end up with a hundred yards and lead your offense so I think it's just the consistency more than anything is something that you can take away and that's something we're going to be able to talk about every week as, as long as they keep doing this is um as you look around the rest of the country, that's just, it's not, it's not what the rest of the country is doing. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Lance Morris, Matt Common talking with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing and the comeback here on the show. And one thing we've, we've talked about pretty consistently, but I don't think we've been able to, you know, quite as, quite as nail this one down as we have, you know, some of the things on the offensive side, and that's the defensive side. And they've, Continue to do things very well. They held 
Michigan State completely in check in the running game. They had 20 carries for seven total yards, and yes, that is in fact exactly the stats in that one. And they threw the ball a little better, but still didn't have any crazy, crazy things go uh, go well for them through the air. What can you tell us again about kind of this defense? How much it has transformed from what we saw last year and over the last handful of years into it's still not going to be the strength of this team with how good the offense is, but when they're able to at the very least complement it how they've had been able to so far this year, it's why Ohio State's one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. For sure. Um, and I think if you really look at if you look at what this team was last year, if Ohio State even really had an above average defense last year, it that team is probably a, a legitimate national title contender. Um, and, and so when you're looking at what you're asking Jim Knowles to do this year, it really wasn't that much, you know, I, when you've got an offense like Ohio state's offense that can conceivably, I mean, they're they're I don't know what they're averaging per game, but it's less than they could average, you know, like you can't tell me that this team wouldn't average 60 points a game if it wanted to. Um, it, you know, it's, it's very clearly pulling up in some of these games. There's games where it's scoring, it's averaging 20, 28 points a quarter before um, they kind of call off the dogs a little bit. So this is an offense that can kind of just like set its number and go out and get it. And um, when you've got a defense that can stop an opponent, you know, even a couple times in a game, an elite offense, if, if this defense can shut down or slow down an elite offense like two or three times in a game, that might be too much, you know? Um, and, and more than that, like, I don't think this season, especially, there's um, there's really a, a, another dominant team that's dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, I, I think that if you look around, even at, at Georgia or Alabama, like they're, they're fine offensively, but like, are there really teams that you think are going to threaten this defense enough that it's going to be able to com- compete with this, um, this high-powered Ohio State offense? And you kind of ask the same question on the other side. You look at some of the more high-powered offenses in, in college football, your, you know, your USC's, maybe your Tennessee, um, those kind of teams. Do, they just don't have a defense that's going to slow down. That's going to slow down this Buckeye offense even remotely for them to be able to um, to stay in a game. So I think you're right that Ohio State's defense is not like it's not world class. Um, it, it's getting there, you know. Like it's it's it, this is a top fifteen defense, but um, it, it's not the strength of this team. But when you look around the country, it's really the only team with that lethal combination of um, a, a super potent offense and a defense that's going to stop you just a couple times. Um, and even more than that, like this defense is forcing turnovers too. And I think you'll find in, in games that matter um, in those, you know, close games, it's, it's turnovers more than even getting stops or slowing an offense down that really makes the difference. And I, I think Ohio state has, turnovers in four straight games interceptions in four straight games at this point um you know that defensive line's getting super disruptive the, the secondary is doing its thing so all in all like this defense while it might not be the strength of the team like you saw really in 2019 i, I think in 2019 um you really had a, a defense and an offense that were arguably like the best in the country at their peak uh and so while you might not have that with this defense it might not be the best in the country it's definitely good enough. It's it's definitely what what you are asking of it to be, and um, you know it, it continues to get better too. Yeah, and I know I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit here, but I do want to go back to the offensive side just 
because one of the things that has really floored me has been the quality of passing game that Ohio State has had this season, and they've been doing it completely without Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, he, he's been out there a couple times a little bit, but really the, the, the one that sticks out to me is, uh, you know, Mr. Bling himself in most of these games, Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. right now, nine touchdowns. He actually has more touchdowns by himself than the entirety of Iowa's offense combined. So I, I guess I'm curious your thoughts on this receiving core. I mean, obviously Fleming and Ibuka were people that kind of were anticipated Harrison as well, but was anyone expecting Harrison to be this good already? I mean, he's lights out at this point. Yeah, I, you know, it's it, it kind of just it's it's one of those it's one of those like odd questions because it's like yes and no. Like I think if you looked around this Ohio State receivers room, um, you know, last year and just the talent that has been flowing into this room it's like that talent was hypothetically there and everybody knew it, you know, when you're stockpiling, um, I, I think Ohio state has, yeah, they have 10, 150 player top 150 players out of high school that are just in the wide receivers room. So like all pretty much their entire wide receivers room is made up of top 150 players coming out of high school. Uh, and I, that's like absolutely insane. So like you do on some capacity expect these, this performance, but, I think we're getting to the point where it's even exceeding those expectations. I mean, um, I, I, I earlier this week over at Meet at Midfield, I compiled a whole bunch of insane stats. Um, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Abuka, they have more 30-yard receptions than Penn State does this season. Um, Marvin Harrison is currently the FBS leader in receiving touchdowns, and he's on pace to break Terry Glenn's single-season record of 17. Uh, Marvin Harrison has more touchdowns this season than Iowa's whole offense. He mentioned that one. Julian Fleming has now caught a touchdown pass in every game he's uh, played this season. That's five touchdowns in the past four games. Um, yeah. Uh, what's another one? Oh, this this one's my favorite. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is leading the nation with nine touchdown receptions. Emeka Abuka is tied for 10th with six. And Julian Fleming is 19th with five. But Fleming is actually fourth nationally in, in touchdowns per game uh, because he missed two games this season. So you've got like three receivers who none of them are the best receiver on this roster who are just putting up bonkers numbers. And it, like it's it's difficult to even comprehend what they're doing. And I think it's just even more hilarious because uh, the rules dictate that <clears throat> Marvin Harrison and Emeka Abuka at least have to come back for one more year and play with college students again because they're only sophomores. So um, it's just wild that that's the way that it's gone. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's you know they're they're we're we're a year removed from Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and you could make a real argument that um, Marvin Harrison and uh, Emeka Abuka are actually better than they were last year. Yeah, I I, I was just going to. Jump in again with that because Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, incredibly talented receivers. They had the speed, they had the range. I, I can't recall a receiver in Ohio State's history in recent years that makes the kinds of circus catches that Harrison sees. I mean, you know, God love him. He definitely got his dad's hands <laughs> when yeah. he was developing his game. Just can, can you recall just? you're much more knowledgeable at Ohio state football than I am in the history of it. Can you recall someone that had this kind of 
circus catch ability. I, I mean, it, it's approaching Odell Beckham, Mike Evans-esque levels here where he can come down with it just about anywhere. I think I think the closest is uh, um, Michael Thomas. I think he really had that. Unfortunately for him, Ohio State didn't really throw the ball. He, he was in the wrong era, really. Um, Ohio State really didn't throw the ball so much when, when he was in uh, school, especially um, that 2014 and uh, 2015 season. They kind of relied on the quarterback run and Ezekiel Elliott a little bit. But I think he definitely had the that kind of go up and get it big playability. I think Garrett Wilson did to a point too. But um, yeah, just it, it is kind of insane the plays that he's making. And I think what's really funny is his nickname uh, around, around campus is Route Man Marv. And I think it's really funny because like none of the plays that we're that we're seeing him make have anything to do with his ability to run a route. Like I've I've never seen him like burn somebody with like a a perfectly executed route or something like that. It's always just like he's physically better than the person who sometimes is in perfect position to, to make the play. So I, I we we joke about that a, a good bit over at meet at midfield. Like his his name is Route Man Marv, but like you look at his highlight tape and he none of these are like good routes necessarily that's not to say he's a bad <laughs> route runner but like it's it's just he's just mossing people or there's a ball thrown up in 50 50 coverage and he's picking it up so uh it, it's just funny but yeah he's he's physically a monster and he, he does look every bit like his dad this is the nwo orthopedics sports huddle from the frickers studios lance morris matt common talking with kevin harris Ryder from me and midfield off announcing and the comeback here in the frickers zoom room and don't have an opponent to look forward to for this weekend for Ohio State as they get really what is a much-needed buy when you consider some of the guys that have had injuries on and off throughout the year. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams have all missed time at one point or another, and there's a couple other guys you mentioned, Fleming, who missed a couple games as well. And this really will be just, in fact, a week, so some of these guys that need an extra week will get just that. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's that's really what it is. Um, I think you you look at people wonder what goes on during a bye week and stuff like that. It's rest, you know. That's that's what it is. Um, I, I'm sure the team will practice in some capacity, but they'll take it really really low. Um, they're not going to put a ton of stress on anything. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of guys that are banged up. I kind of like. There have been a far more injuries or like nagging injuries than I feel are like probable. Um, and so either that's like really concerning or my hypothesis is that a lot of these guys like could be playing in these games, but they're kind of getting held out because there's no reason for them to be playing in these games. Um, you know, you look at like a guy like, like Mayan Williams, like was Mayan Williams really, was it really necessary to scratch Mayan Williams from this game? Could he really not have played or is it one of a, uh, a, you know, one of those moves where you're just kind of giving him some rest uh same thing with Travion Henderson the week before like if this was the Michigan game I bet these guys could have played so all that to say is like there's quite a few guys that um have been on or off of the injury report the past few days past few games past few weeks and uh another week off is you know going to be huge for them as as this team really tries to get healthy and uh you know I, I I think specifically a lot of those star players, um, it, it, it'll be great for them to get back. But honestly, the way this team's playing, we, we were even talking about it earlier this week. Like, um, does Ohio State even need Jackson Smith and Jigba? Like, it, it's got by far the best offense in the country. Like, what what is, is there a team that 
Ohio State can't beat without Jackson Smith and Jigba that they're going to now be able to beat once they add him into the offense. So, like, that sounds insane to say, but, like, it's almost to the point where this team doesn't even need the best receiver in the country. So, I guess my question would then be, for the, what you just brought up, I, I was going to ask something about the top 25 because there's a few teams that raise some eyebrows that are somehow still in or just got in for the first time, while one who will remain nameless but certainly <laughs> rhymes with Coastal Carolina is somehow still on the outside looking in in a capacity. But I, I will ask you, is there a possibility that because of how good the offense is, maybe Ohio State goes to Jackson Smith and Jigba and say, look, you're going to be one of the first 10 players next year getting your name called by the NFL. If you want to shut it down and just focus on that, we kind of have this covered. Now, I mean, are we, are, is that something that plausibly could happen that we could look at someone like Jackson Smith and Jigba shutting it down and just putting his focus on the NFL going forward or do you think he still needs that time on the field to show what he can do? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he needs it. I think it's a matter of wanting it. Um, and like, I, I think there's, there's been quite a bit of talk about this. Um, but the, the whole, um, the, the whole conversation about maybe a player opting out or something like that. And, and you've seen people do it successfully. Like Jamar Chase is one of the best receivers in the NFL after opting out for his senior year. So it's totally possible. Um, but I think it just comes down to Jackson Smith and Jigbo wanting to play. Um, I think he was really looking forward to this season by all accounts. Uh, Ryan Day says that like nobody wants to get back on the field more than he does. Um, it's not one of those situations where um, he is holding himself out until he's 100% healthy. I, I think, uh, if anything, it's the team being more cautious with him than he is. So um, I I don't foresee that happening, but it's just kind of one of those things where like if it did happen, um it everybody involved would be fine i think uh you know i i think um jackson smith and jigbo would probably still be an, an elite prospect he'd still probably be a, a top 15 pick in the draft maybe top 10 in the draft um he doesn't really have anything left to prove uh, and i like i mentioned I, I don't think there's a team that ohio state couldn't beat now or a team that Ohio State would be able to beat with Jackson Smith and Jigba that they wouldn't be able to beat without him. So um, I don't really foresee that being a thing, but if it is, I think everybody involved would be okay. Talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the comeback here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Looking back at week six in college football, Alabama survives to beat Texas A&M. Tennessee throttles LSU. Ole Miss Vanderbilt was fun and close until the second half when Ole Miss decided to go off on the offensive side. UCLA beat Utah, Kentucky falling to South Carolina. Notre Dame knocks off BYU. TCU beats Kansas in a back-and-forth game. Lots of interesting matchups from this past weekend in college football. What were what were some of your big takeaways? Yeah, I mean, the biggest one I was watching was that, uh, that um, Texas A&M-Alabama game. It was one of those where, like, if you actually look back at the box score, you see just how disruptive Alabama was on defense. Um, you see, you know, how, how dominant they really were in the trenches and stuff like that. And you, you wonder like how that game was even remotely close. So credit to, to Texas A&M, even watching that game towards the end, like they're moving the ball and I really wasn't even sure how um, there's pressure on every play. Uh, 
the receivers weren't necessarily like open. Um, I don't know. It was, it, it was a great game. Um, they did everything they could uh, and Bama tried everything they could to lose the game. But um, I, that was, that was probably one of the more entertaining games of, of the week for me. Um, other than that, I mean, Michigan played Indiana super close for uh, a, a shocking portion of the game. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was another one of those weeks where, um, there were several things that looked like they could happen, but nothing really ended up happening in the end. So, um, I, I think one way or another, we're going to get a lot more action this week. It's a really good week for Ohio state to have an open week. If you're a fan of, uh, of college football, I think we've got like five or something top 25 matchups this week and two top 10 matchups. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. So I guess my question would be, you you look throughout this season, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head as well, talking about how close and how things could happen kind of games that we've had. Can you recall a year where really just about every team, except maybe Ohio State, and that's not even me being a homer, just that they've done consistently well since game one against Notre Dame. It seems like they've just continued to roll. Have you seen a year where every team looks as mortal and as beatable in the top 10 as we've seen this year? It just seems like every team realistically with maybe the exception of Georgia and the exception of Ohio state are very, very beatable in some capacity and just somehow haven't yet. Like, do you get that vibe from the top 10 so far this year? Oh, definitely. And I think it's very, it's very new. Uh, not new. It's it's more like a, a vintage college football feeling. I, I think like you had this feeling back in like the 2007, 2008, like that kind of that kind of time when it felt like upsets could happen at any time. And it really hasn't felt that way in college football recently. Like um, Alabama comes in against a team that's like a, a top ten team or something like that, and they're a seventeen point favorite and they win by thirty. You know, like that's that's just kind of how it's been. Um, you even look at like like even like the Clemsons or the um the Georgias like none of the games that you expect to be close are ever actually close and now the close games are close and games that you don't even expect to be close are kind of close too so um, I, I think it's really good for the sport because I think we've been getting uh you know kind of this tier of Ohio State Georgia and Alabama where nobody really even it felt like had a shot to beat those teams and that's just not the truth anymore. Um, at least it hasn't looked like looked that way this season. Now I say that is Ohio State is is pasted every team. So I think Ohio State kind of looks like that transcendent number one team right now. Um, Georgia does on and off weirdly, but um, you know I, even the advanced stats seem to indicate that Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama are um, still like head and shoulders above everybody else. But um, the the scores of the game don't actually always indicate that. So that makes it kind of fun. Looking ahead to some of the games for this coming weekend. As you mentioned, lots of big ranked matchups. You have Penn State heading to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. Alabama taking on Tennessee. Oklahoma State takes on TCU. NC State plays Syracuse. Dino Babers getting his big orange team ranked. We also have Mississippi State playing Kentucky and USC playing Utah. And some other matchups that could end up being interesting. Kansas plays Oklahoma, Iowa State playing Texas, Minnesota plays Illinois, who is somehow ranked 24th. North Carolina plays Duke, Arkansas plays BYU, and two teams that have 
been ranked at some point or another this season and LSU plays Florida and you alluded to it before which which of these games uh, are really going to have your eye I imagine Michigan and Penn State and Bama and Tennessee but what exactly are you looking forward to yeah that Michigan and Penn State matchup really intrigues me because I think like I don't know I I I haven't really gotten a good read on either one of these teams Um, I think like either one of these teams could either go undefeated the rest of the way um, or you know, lose three games before the end of the season. And I wouldn't blink either way. So I'm really curious to see um, what, what my takeaway is watching that game. Um, So I I think both of those teams have had games where they've looked really dominant and um, other games where they've looked extremely mortal. So I'm I'm really interested in that. Uh, And then for Alabama, Tennessee, obviously that, I think that's a really fun game. Um, You know, Alabama has looked, very mortal in about half of their games this season and um Tennessee meanwhile is you know kind of that upstart team um you know trying to prove them they're worthy of that like number six ranking um and so I'm really interested I I think Tennessee's defense is not particularly good um so I'm really interested to see what Alabama looks like against a kind of bad Tennessee defense um you know their receivers have not looked very good this season and Tennessee's secondary is also not very good so I, I'm curious to see what kind of gives there. Um, and also if Tennessee can really just, if that's the case, if Bama is able to move the ball against Tennessee, if Tennessee's offense, which is very good, is able to um, score enough points to keep that game interesting. So um, I, that's that's going to be super interesting. Um, you know, outside of that, I, I'm interested in, um, as you mentioned, that, that Kentucky-Mississippi State game should be fun. I, I also am really interested. You, you mentioned uh, Illinois. Um, I, I, I am interested in Illinois. Uh, I think that that, that Illinois Minnesota game, especially, um, I really think both of these teams are a lot better than people seem to think that they are. Uh, they're both some of the most efficient teams in college football in terms of both defense and offense, shockingly for Illinois. Um, but they've got, they've got a great running game. Um, they control the ball more, uh, on defense. They do play more of like a, a trestle ball mentality, but, um, you know, their running game is legitimately very good and um, mixed with a, a very good defense. Like it's, it's, it's a low key dangerous team. And Minnesota is actually the, um, I believe third uh, most efficient team in the country so far um, in, in terms of offensive efficiency that um, goes Ohio state, Michigan, and then Minnesota. So shocking, like you wouldn't expect that, but um both of these teams, according to all the advanced stats, are um, very, very good teams. And uh, I think a lot of times we get caught too much in uh, really the, the wins and losses or the the numbers next to their names. And so you see number 24, Illinois, and uh, a, a historically pretty terrible program. Um, but like at the end of the day, like this team might be better than like an Oklahoma State or a TCU or something like that. Like it, what they've proven on the field is that they are actually a, a pretty good team. So um, I, I think one of these teams, whether it's Illinois or Minnesota are going to win the West and are going to be playing Ohio state or Michigan for the big 10 title. Um, sorry, Penn state. I think it's going to be Ohio state or Michigan playing for the big 10 title, but um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really interested in this game because I think this is kind of like a super early in the season. It's like a de facto big 10 West uh, championship game. So two games I'm curious to 
hear your thoughts on looking at the schedule. Obviously, some really big ones, but I, I see two, uh, a Big 12 and an ACC logjam situation here, looking in particular Oklahoma State, TCU, and then NC State, Syracuse. Are, are, are you expecting those games to go chalk? It seems like TCU has this habit of unseating teams that are a little bit ahead of them in some capacity. Do you, do you see that being a repeat performance this weekend? Yeah, I really don't know. That's kind of another one of those games, kind of like that Penn State uh, Michigan game that I don't really have. I don't feel like I have a good read on either of these two teams. Um, I like Oklahoma State, but like based on the results, I like, I don't know. It, it, it's just really, really, really hard because like you've mentioned, um, we've talked about earlier this, this show, like not everybody's been super consistent this year. And so it's really hard to like, know what TCU team you're getting like what or what uh, Oklahoma State team you're getting like am I going to get the the TCU team that um, is is super dominant and really wiped the floor with Oklahoma or am I going to get the one that you know kind of struggled against Colorado a little bit or uh, almost slipped up against against SMU so um, it, it it's tough to tell um, so that that's why I'm interested to watch the game but you mentioned also that NC State Syracuse game I that's another one. Um, I, I was really high on this NC, NC State team before the season, but um, they have not looked as dominant as I expected them to, particularly on defense. Uh, and meanwhile, this um, Syracuse team has kind of surprised me a little bit uh, um, and, you know, comes in with a win over a, a Virginia team that I think is pretty cool or pretty good and a uh, Louisville team that I think is pretty good too. So um, I'm, I'm interested in, in both of those games. It's, it's really like one of those, it feels like a weekend where we're going to like see teams start to emerge from, from the pack and separate and determine really who they are. Um, and I think that's kind of indicative with all of these like really close, narrow matchups that I don't really even know how they're going to go. This has been Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, along with Awful Announcing and the Comeback. We, of course, follow you on Twitter at Kevinist. Kevin, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. We'll catch up next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams, here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-429-6157. That's 419-429-6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, iron workers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an iron worker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right. The ones from Campus Poly Ice, the world-famous ones. Don't forget Campus Poly Ice for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best-kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house-made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus Poly Ice is easy. 
Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus Polyaz offers dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. What you waiting on? Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if Auto Owners make sense for you. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you tonight. The Finley Trojans coming off another big win, this time over Clay by a score of 35-14. to They move their record to 4-4 four and four overall. This week they will take on St. John's. We're now pleased to be joined by Finley High School's head football coach, Stephen Adams, here in the Frickers Zoom room. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourselves? Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. And it's uh, it's even better to talk once you've uh, won three games in a row, coming off another big win this time <laughs> over Clay. What were uh, what were some of the good and the bad you saw from Friday? Uh, yeah, I'd say definitely the good was obviously the win, right? We take the win. Um, I think our guys uh, have continued once again to play hard um, and really go out there and give effort. I don't think our effort's ever been a question this year. So I think from a program standpoint, that's improved dramatically not that we didn't have that last year but i'm just talking about consistently around uh you know all parts you know practice um and so forth so to see our guys continue to battle fight hard and fight through adversity has been a really good thing so uh definitely excited about that yeah and coach obviously another solid win as you mentioned i i I am curious what is the secret sauce about you guys playing fremont ross that suddenly leads to very impressive win streaks on the back half well, of the you know, like, the, the, are we gonna yeah. move that game to week one or something next year well it's interesting right i think it's uh you look at last year last year you know we schematically changed things around it really fit fully to the utmost our guys and things turn around and have the exact same schedule this year i don't think it was a matter of scheme it was more a matter of confidence and youth uh kind of finding their way so uh it's kind of yeah same scenario two years in a row put us in a position to go out there and really flip the schedule around a little bit. But, uh, you know, we, we, we uh, looking at next year, we don't want to be in this position, right? We want to be able to start from the very beginning and go from there, but we'll take the wins now. Looking at the running game, particularly Dallas De La Cruz exploded for over 260 yards on the game. Did, did you know going into this one that it might be a game for him to break out even more than he already has at times this year? Well, it was more of a, a, a take what to take what was given to us. Um, we came out the first two drives. We didn't capitalize, you know, very well in the first two drives. We moved the ball, just didn't finish. And I think, uh, you know, we kind of started to press a little bit. Then they made some adjustments and really played a lot of coverage on us. So, you know, it's kind of pick your poison, right? You're going to defend the field, the whole field. Uh, you know, we're going to leave guys in the box for the run game. And our linemen blocked extremely well, opened up uh, some massive holes, uh, you know, which allowed uh, for the, some of those seams for, for Dallas and other running backs to kind of get through. Yeah, and that offensive line as a whole, you mentioned them already. Uh, some of those holes were led by a uh, certain Ohio State commit. Yeah. On that yeah. One. Can, can, can you – I've seen some of the, the tape from that one. He obliterated some players for Clay this week, Coach. Can you talk about Luke's development and his play just in that game in particular? Yeah, no, I think Luke's a high-level competitor. I mean, he's uh, obviously – you know, when you have a guy that, that really has all the physical tools and is really 
uh, able to combine them with uh, passion and effort, um, consistency, you know, you get what you get. And obviously he's gifted with some, some extremely uh, solid gifts and strength and size and quickness and athleticism. So when you pull all together, you know, you're, you're going to get some things that you, you know, you almost get sometimes too accustomed to seeing. <laughs> and uh, sometimes you don't understand how hard it actually is to do what he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's the tone setter for our offensive line. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, our team has, our, that line has grown so much and they're, they're a very tight knit group and uh, watching them go out there, watching Luke go out there and set the tone with some of those pancake blocks and finishing blocks that other guys get juiced up and they want their part in it too. So uh, it really allowed us, like I said before, when they start playing coverage to really go dominate up front in the run game as well too. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams. And you talk about what we've seen from Luke on the offensive side, and that's all really awesome as well. But on defense at times, he's getting triple teamed. <laughs> how, how, why, what can you say about when that happens? Yeah, I mean, he's a dominating force. You know, it's one of those things that we kind of laugh at. I, he's so athletic and so gifted. He's, you know, obviously going to be able to play offensive line at the USC, you know, at the Ohio State University. But he had other colleges that were looking at him for defensive line as well, too. Um, he, he, he's just that gifted. And, and, you know, once again, to watch him shed blocks, he, he's got to be accounted for. And, um, you know, at times this past weekend, you know, they, they were throwing a lot of things at him, throwing a lot of guys at him. Uh, you know, sometimes to the point of even a little uh, a little too much. But, you know, that's here nor there. But he did a good job of really defeating those blocks and taking them on. And, you know, when you have that happen, there should be two, three, four other guys who are freed up to be able to make plays themselves, and our guys did that. Yeah, and Coach, offensively, talked already about Dallas De La Cruz and the offensive line. Oh, what did you see from Ryan this week or this past weekend that really stood out to you? Because, again, Clay coming into a pretty good team, actually has done a pretty good job defensively in most of their games too, but you guys really seem to have the answer overall against them. Well, I think Ryan is continuing to grow. I think Ryan, the, the best part is people forget he's a, you know, 16 year old kid, right? Uh, just got his license and all that good stuff. And he's starting to really understand the, the playing that quarterback position, being able to identify, being able to make checks at the right time. Um, he's seeing things in a different way and, still some things he's learning as well too but I, I can see the the growth in just the cerebral part of things like hey okay here here's this look again hey that receiver's got and he's able to go talk to his receivers about hey you know remember in film we talked about this week there's a hole there we gotta be able to sit there just those little small nuances and small details that really can carry you know the team to the next level uh and continue to push our guys and on, on the part the knowledge part of the game so I think just his growth his understanding of it all and I think the one thing that's unique and cool is we, we can get all the stats we want, but that guy only cares about one thing, and that's winning. So we got to run the ball, you know, that many times a game to win a ball game. He, he's good with it. And, I, and I, I just love that because it's kind of a, hey, whatever we got to do to win, win. And he's not worried about stats or how many touchdowns he has. As long as we get the win, he's good. And defensively, lots of good things to see as well, including a first half shutout. What can you say about the defense? Uh, for just playing really well right now. I mean, they're doing a good job of the little things we talked about in practice. I think of last week when you have a quarterback like Clay who, man, they got a trigger guy for two more years. I mean, I don't want to discount that kid at all. That kid is extremely athletic, does a lot of good things with his feet and his legs, and is very uh, backyard football when he gets outside the pocket and makes some pretty, you know, uh, 
some different kind of throws and different kind of deliveries, and uh, his guys scramble really well and move really well. So I think just in general, you know, um, our defense knew we had to do a good job of containing him, but knowing that, man, we're not going to be perfect. But we finished a lot as well, too. We, we got, you know, if it wasn't a sack, it was a, it was a hurry or it was a hit. Um, and our back-end guys were really locked in, knowing uh, what was needed from them to be able to cover for sometimes more than uh, the standard seconds. So it was really unique and really cool to watch our guys get after it, uh, to be physical, to be tenacious, um, and not let up. And then, you know, on the points they scored, the, the guys would tell you right away, just simple mistakes that they made that maybe a gap out of their – or a gap over they should have been in, uh, not in the right gap, uh, and technique-wise. So watching them come off the field and be able to have conversations about what they did wrong and how they realize it, I think that's when your program really grows, right? When you have something in that's so uh, concrete and the kids start to realize the mistakes and they correct themselves rather than coaches always correcting themselves. So pretty cool to watch them, them grow last week as well, too. Yeah, and Coach, talking about that growth, I mean, you just kind of touched on it a little bit. would love to get a little bit deeper on that one with you where it is the fact that year two of this program and you're starting to see these kids self-correct. You're starting to see them self-adjust, kind of make these yep. – the decisions in the moment or as the game's going on uh, from a coaching standpoint, I've always been curious about this. When you're seeing your kids do that, the, do, do you lean in and say, okay, maybe don't make that particular adjustment or do you feel pretty confident with them? Like, okay, if, if they think that's going to work on the field, let's give it a go. Let's see what's going to happen here and see what comes. Yeah, I think, I think of like, uh, you know, once again, you, you're one in a lot of cases, you're, you're trying to just get things started. You're trying to uh, put your structure in place. You know, but we came into a unique situation where we had a lot of typically guys get a job because programs are not in good shape, right? Um, I think our program was in decent shape, uh, and we had some really good athletes that we had to kind of really try to help elevate in a matter of months, um, and we did just that, right? So year two, you're looking at we're just trying to get the guys to be able to take over the team, to grow and develop, to advance on our scheme, to give them true ownership as well, too, uh, and also to build that trust to the point of where we can make adjustments or they can say things or have ideas and thoughts and we just want them to play fast so if we deem that it's appropriate to do there's some things of course that we got to be like hey there's no chance but you know our guys who are veterans who've played a lot of football who understand it you know we, we come and have these conversations and it's happened at the college level as well too hey I, coach we're not comfortable doing this or hey we're not comfortable doing that and we'll say hey well we have to because of this reason and they go okay sounds good or you're able to say hey you know what listen you know this gets those guys to go out there and play fast and then to be uh physical i mean maybe not, not the most might not make the most sense to you at the moment, but then you go out there and you trust your kids. You know, you know who to trust. You know, you know when they're saying something, who to listen to. And I think that's where you're growing into where we'll be at probably here soon in the future is a player-led team versus a coach-led team. Um, and that's ultimately the goal of a program. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with Finley High School's head football coach, Stephen Adams here in the Fricker's Zoom room. And I know we've talked about it at different points uh, throughout this season, but how much of an adjustment, if an adjustment at all, has been made uh, with practices now that some of these days, weather's starting to get colder some days are rainier than others i know rains in the forecast around the area for the next few days uh, depending on where you are across ohio so how how does that change if at all your practices at all yeah i think you look at kind of how you're approaching the the physical aspect of things right i think you might look at a uh, little tweaks in time maybe so you might say hey maybe uh, a little less time here and there um you know uh really maybe a little more focal focal points on 
you know, maybe more of a walk-through style, walk style, but trying to really preserve the guys' bodies. I think, you know, you start thinking about like, hey, we're trying to make sure that on Friday nights they're out there in peak physical condition. And, you know, we're not necessarily doing a whole bunch of adding and putting new stuff in. It's more about tweaks off of what you're already doing. So really just looking at how to kind of minimize as much physical contact, you know, uh, still need it at some points in time um, and doing more challenging the brain more so than anything else. And uh, just trying to get those guys to be locked in you know, the whole time. So just little, little small nuances, but overall trying to keep our guys in peak physical condition. And, and coach, you're one of those uh, premier, very rare air honorary grunts on the offensive yeah, line as a former fullback. Um, I, I am curious with the weather changes, have, have any of the linemen switched to lawn sleeves or are they all still rocking the short sleeves being the tough guys? Out no, no, listen, the, 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 the O-line guys stay O-line. I told you before, we're trying to build a program and a culture where they're, they're true to themselves and they have done exactly just that. No sleeves. <laughs> They go and and also the weather's been pretty darn good too, right? So yeah. we've been pretty fortunate as well. But no, there's there's the intruder skill guys. That's a whole other conversation. And taking a look at your opponent for Friday night, you take on St. John's three and five on this season. Those wins come against Lima Senior, Fremont Ross, and St. Francis. Their losses come to Dublin, Kaufman, Anthony Wayne by three. Perrysburg in overtime, along with Central Catholic and Whitmer. What have been some of the things you've seen from St. John's and getting ready for Friday? Uh, I think one of the first first part is we got to throw out the their record, right? Um, this is a, a team that's really dangerous. I think they're getting better. You know, obviously we play a lot of the same teams and the same people, so there's that. There, there's that. Just there's, there's no really you can't go by the record. I don't think you should anyway. Anybody you play against, but you know we're going to play a tough team. We're going to play a, a very Dangerous quarterback, I think uh, very comparable to the kid last week and some. The guy's got a lot of varsity experience. So I, I think um, defensively they're very tough, very sound. They're, they, I think they've been leaning more on their defense a little bit more this year, and their offense is starting to get hot or had a lot of hot moments. So it, it's a dangerous team. It's, um, you know, it is a very uh, competitive and uh, what's the word I want to use, spirited game uh, against us and them. And uh, I know our kids are excited for another opportunity to go out and compete and uh, see if we can go get a win. Yeah, so spirited may be the most polite way of putting the rivalry between <laughs> Finley and St. John's Jesuit, <laughs> I think I've ever heard. But, uh, Coach, uh, obviously then, good rivalry game, good back-and-forth game over the last few years. More importantly, you're in the th- – the middle of another big win streak in the back half of the season. What's the message for the team going into Friday? Yeah, night? You know, I think it comes down to, man, we, we, we once again, go back to where we're trying to get to, what our goals are, uh, where we're trying to put ourselves in position to be at the end of the, of the year and not losing sight of that. I think uh, this is obviously, we, we know what this game means to, to them and to us as well too, but also just being locked into your responsibilities, your job, playing hard and really continuing to to, to just honor the program and, and, and move the program forward. So I, I think it's just staying true to who we are, but also continuing to grow and get better and get better and get better. We want to be on this run for as long as we can. You know, our seniors only have two more guaranteed games. You know, tomorrow is going to be what, our last, you know, it's going to be close to the, the second, the last practice week for our kids. So just really going out there and playing hard for the seniors, leave it out there, leave them uh, the opportunity to go out on a very positive note uh, this game and then the game's forward as well too. So composure is going to be big. Um, 
you know, how he responds to adversity is going to be big. And I think we're prepped for, once again, I keep saying that, we, we, we've been close. and We put together three and a half really good quarters, uh, I'd say, at St. Francis and, and a good half, really, uh, versus Clay. We're close to putting together a full game, and I think this is a great one to do exactly that. And you talk about uh, the regular season starting to come close to an end, and same kind of thing for this Friday since it'll be your last regular season home game at Donnell Stadium. What are you expecting the crowd to be like on Friday? Bonkers. Uh, it's, it's what it's been and what it's what it's been shown. And I think even last week was a, a great taste. I got a little quick peek behind when I was looking up at the coaches and I saw people everywhere. Uh, it was packed. It was uh, everybody was in there blue and gold and a lot of blue and gold spirit, which is the way it should be here in Trojan country. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to a rowdy, rowdy crowd that gives us that uh, home advantage. And it's Western night, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to be out in their best. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to see. Western, I will not, okay. Man, I will not. I will not be in overalls, and I won't have a hat on. So you guys don't worry. But uh, I, I will. Uh, I will be excited about kind of how everybody else comes and shows and uh, jumps into the spirit as well too. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Well, now I need to know, Coach. After the game, will yeah. you be rocking the ten gallon hat? It, it, it dep- <laughs> depends on how the game goes. Of course, you know what I mean. <laughs> if game goes well. I'm going. Maybe we're going to have. Uh, I'll put my hat on. You know, but we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. But we're. Just, we have business to take care of first, and I know our guys are excited for that. This has been Finley High School's head football coach, Stefan Adams. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck on Friday against St. John's. Uh, thanks for always, guys. Good hearing from you, and we'll talk to you next week. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Calvert Head Girls Golf Coach Matt Brown here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBBI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17 an hour with a raise after 90 days based on your position. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork, located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria. Seneca Millwork, part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Welcome to Bigby Coffee, your home away from home that picks you up and leaves you in a better mood than when you arrived. No matter who you are, we know we'll have a drink for you and her and him. You see, here at Bigby, we can customize our drinks for each person, dairy or no dairy, coffee or no coffee. We've got you covered, hot, iced or frozen. Bigby Coffee is one of a kind, just like you. With locations on Tiffin Avenue and Trenton Avenue in Finley to serve you. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. 
The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on this Wednesday night. For the first time in program history, the Calvert Girls golf team will be playing in the state tournament in Columbus later this week. We're not pleased to be joined here in the Frickers Studios, in fact, by Calvert Head Girls golf coach Matt Brown here on the show. Matt, how are we doing? Good morning. Good. Thank you. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. good. So we were talking a little bit before we got on the air uh, about, you know, the history of the Calvert program and all that. What is kind of your background with the sport and how did you first get into it way back when? Well, way back when, obviously been playing golf for a long time, and my uh, oldest daughter, Madeline, who uh, played golf uh, four years at Calvert, and then she also played on the Lake Erie Junior Tour and the PGA Junior Tour, and just kind of got, you know, sucked in in the youth programs, um, watching them and getting involved in them, and, uh, you know, helped uh, helped coach back then, assistant-wise, when uh, Maddie was uh, – you know, underclassmen at Calvert, and uh, just took off from there. Um, I was asked, I was helping uh, three years ago, assistant with uh, Pat Heron, uh, and uh, I was asked to uh, take it on when he left, and uh, I indicated to the uh, Calvert Booster Board that uh, we have to have a women's program. We, uh, you know, my daughter played, my oldest daughter, Madeline, played four years on the men's team, Brooklyn had already played uh, a year on the men's team, and I just felt that uh, we needed a women's team. So um, I engaged her and, and talked to her and tried to say, hey, let's find some girls that want to play golf. And here we go. And so for that, I mean, just in the second year as a program on the girls' side, and we were talking before that a lot of these player people are new to golf, whether they know it, you know, casually or not at all. What is it like basically teaching someone from the ground up about the game? Because, you know, at some levels in high school, you're expected to already know fundamentals. Whereas if you're touching the club for the first time, I'm going to say there's probably a bit more of a learning curve. Very true, Lance. Uh, it's been challenging. Five of the girls on the team had never even held a club till last year. Um, spent a lot of time with them last year. I mean, we've worked you know, some fundamentals, very basic fundamentals, stance, ball placement, how to, the, the grip. Um, and I'm still telling them today, if I've told them once, I've told them a billion times, keep your head down, keep your head down. Uh, with women's, uh, girls golf, uh, it, it, they, they want to lift their head and they want to see the ball go. I mean, you know, I keep telling them, watch the ball strike the club, then look up, move your head. So a lot of basic fundamentals. Um, just patience. Um, I didn't know I had this much patience, <laughs> but uh, you probably didn't before. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I'd be honest with you, but, uh, you know, I have to tell you, it's been, uh, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life, uh, to teach these kids how to, you know, hold the golf club, you know, the fundamentals, uh, how do we tee the ball up? Uh, how do we putt? Uh, I brought in some friends of mine. We, we just had, I just, matter of fact, I just took the girls over to Foster Country Club the other day. 
and Cheryl Fox, the pro at Fostoria Country Club, uh, gave him a really nice sand lesson. I mean, I've worked with him in the sand, but uh, it, sometimes when it comes from somebody else, uh, they interpret it maybe a little differently and, and better. Yeah. So, uh, especially coming from someone like Cheryl. So, it's it's just been it's been an incredible ride. And you know, like like you said, uh, second year program, and uh, you know, through a lot of hard work, this is where we're going. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI, ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Lance Morris here with Calvert Head Girls Golf Coach Matt Brown. I'm I'm very I I know very little about golf if we're being completely honest. Yeah. What is the typical golf practice schedule and how do you practice? Is it always on the course? Is it different like stations type of thing how exactly does a, a typical practice go well we've been usually practicing two hours every evening my typical practice is five to seven but uh you know during the summertime the ohio high school athletic association you cannot have organized practice until august 1st although we can have some clinics and voluntarily have the kids come out you know when they want to um, but we, we've been working two hours every evening um, you know, last year was June, July, um, a lot of, you know, to get started, they needed to be there a lot. And, you know, we were there a lot, just getting the basic fundamentals and, and, and so forth both. So, um, and it took a lot of time, but we do have different stations. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, we have a practice sand trap and then we have a practice screen. We have a practice short game, short game area. And then we have the normal driving range area, and we practice at Mohawk Golf and Country Club uh, south of Tiffin. And it, it's a beautiful place, and they have a great practice facility. So, um, you know, it, it's taken a lot of time and a lot of hard work to get to where they're at. So as far as the off season, you mentioned it a little bit. How different is that compared to the practice once you get into the regular season? Is it still the same idea, or is it – is there like more conditioning work in the summer? How exactly does that go? Yeah, and when we start practice August the first, you know, we pretty much have a plan of attack, what we're going to be doing, what we're. I have a structured practice every night, so one night we're going to work on putting, okay, and we're going to do the apex of putting. We're going to put tees in the green, and we're going to arc them. We're going to teach the kids how to play the break in the putting surface. He is describing all of this with his hands, by the way, which is very helpful for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't see this at home. Um, so we have, we do have structured practice and then I'll have, I'll have like two girls working on putting, two working in the sand trap and two working over in the short game area. And then we just keep rotating and we just keep rotating around. That gives me time to go over and give individual attention to each young lady in each function. And then, like I say, I, we've had a we had uh, another gentleman come out. Uh, Carmi Manjola came out, and he gave us a putting lesson. He's an incredible putter, so he worked with the girls. So I try to, you know, try to mix up a little bit so it doesn't get stale, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, and you know, golf played in the summer, June, July, hot. Girls get you know a little testy, but uh, in short patience. So uh, you know, we tried to keep mix it up and keep it interesting. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris here with Calvert Head Girls Golf Coach Matt Brown. Throughout the year, how many different courses do you play, and how how different are these courses from each other? Because it's obviously another thing different to your sport. Every course, you know, has its own little nooks and crannies. There's no doubt about that, Lance. Um, we played 13, uh, what is 13 or 15? I think it was 15 nine-hole tournaments. 
this year, and we had a full schedule of 20 different tournaments, and then we played multiple 18-hole invitationals. Um, you know, sometimes it, or the invitational doesn't count for league standings, um, but all these nine-hole tournaments, and as long as it's a sanctioned Ohio High School Athletic Association event, then obviously it counts for our standings and our SBC standings mm-hmm. in our conference. Um, but, yes, to, to directly answer your question, course each course is different and we've been on some gorgeous courses and i've i've told these young ladies that you know um learning how to golf that you're this is something you're gonna you're going to be able to do the rest of your entire life and you'll be able to go to beautiful destinations throughout the country and the world for that matter to play golf in some gorgeous settings so and you know each one of them is different i will say the at districts the uh the putting surface was lightning fast and the pin placements were extremely difficult. Uh, it's just not uh, the same. You know, we go to the same course sometimes multiple times throughout the season, but every time it's different because they move the pin placements or the weather conditions are different. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of factors that come into making each course different, and each course has its own uh, distinct, you know, personalities, if you will. Um, so it, it, it is it – is, uh, it's trying, but uh, you know each course is different, and and they're you know they all have their own difficult characteristics. I would say. What are some of the things? Let's say let's say weather is perfectly normal, mm-hmm. with not not super windy, not super hot. Mm-hmm. Let let's just say weather's normal, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. What helps a course be better than another? Is it is it a completely different list of things depending on the course? Is it is it the putting just being a certain way? Is it the distance? What, what are what are some of the different things that makes one course quote unquote either better or easier depending on the the things that are going into it? How the grounds and green superintendent sets up the course, um, raking of the sand traps early in the morning or later, you know, taking care of the sand traps. How many times they cut the green? How tight's the green? Is the fairways plush or, you know, or have they been mowed? Are they for, I mean, I think the superintendent of the grounds and greens is a pivotal player in how the course is going to play. Um, you know, if it's a nice, beautiful, sunshiny day, obviously the ball is going to carry nice, not a lot of wind. Um, but all that has to come into play is how is, how good is the conditions on the golf course? That shows how, we're going to be able to play. That's going to assist these young ladies in how they're going to play. You know, if, if we have the fairways are, you know, not cut correctly or if the greens have been not cut correctly and the sand traps aren't right. I mean, all those um, items on the golf course dictate different conditions and how well a player is going to play. So as long as they're taking care of it and making it nice, which all these courses that we've been to are just incredible. These guys need to be commended or women need to be commended for taking care of these golf courses because they are absolutely beautiful in this area. And we're lucky here in, in our Northwest district that we have the opportunity to play on such great golf courses. Talk with Calvert head girls golf coach, Matt Brown here on the NWO orthopedics sports auto here from the Frickers studios on classic. It's 96, seven WBVI ESPN, 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. And we talked a little bit about this before, but how different is it coaching 
players as you know because with golf being a individual sport even though you play as a team Mm -hmm. how different is it coaching in terms of individuals that are trying to better themselves and the team is a part of it but it's not the same as you know different other different team sports whereas golf it's just you out there that has to hit the ball Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I can't hold it. And I've told my girls many times, I'm, I can't swing the club for you. Uh, maybe that's sometimes that's good <laughs> because they are, they have gotten a lot better. Anyway, um, you, you still, you know, I tell them you have to show up this day and you have to put the score in the card. Um, and I said this at districts, you know, I said, we are not versus any particular team today. Today, you your opponent is the golf course. You need to show up and put the score on the card as an individual. And collectively, we will come together as a team afterwards. Um, you know, each person on the golf course, I'm sure, is trying to do their very best to put that score on their card. A lot of times, and I have just had a recent conversation with this with the OHSAA director of golf, that um, too many times young people are getting caught up in uh, so-and-so shooting this or this team's doing this, especially with the new app that we have on our phones now, yeah. which uh, has been a very controversial thing this season. Um, too many kids are able to see what other kids are doing. They get too caught up in that. So as collectively as a team, I like to focus on, you know what, it's each individual score today, show up, what you bring to the golf course today is what you're going to get and put that score on the cart and versus this course, not the young ladies you're playing with. Show up, put that score in the cart, and then, like I said, afterwards, collectively, we come together as a team. And then what's our team score? So, um, you know, I preach team a lot. I think without team, we have nothing. Um, we need to be supportive as a team for our individual play. So I, I've always been a big uh, proponent of, of team. But it's different, you know, trying to – you have to uh, convey and keep preaching team concept, team concept. Because that camaraderie – you have to have that camaraderie at the end. You know, even though you're not golfing with your fellow golf member, team member, on the same fairway or on the same hole because you're against – you have three or four other girls paired with you, you still have to think about what you're doing as an individual and what you're doing as a team. So – to to coach from both aspects it's it's been difficult but you have to keep preaching the team concept and then work with the individual to get you know if i see that you know this individual this young lady needs more work on her putting this young lady over here needs work on her driver you know i try to go at practice and we'll work on those individually we want to identify what your weak points are and what your strong points are we want to build on both and work on both you mentioned it with the new scoring app that has been a big part of. Is that that game this year? That's correct. That's that's uh, from the OHSAA, um, and it has its benefits and its drawbacks. I was gonna say it seems like it can be both very beneficial oh. and also that you can maybe get a little too involved and too scoreboard watching type mode as well. You know, golf has always been uh, scored with a pencil and a piece of paper for you know, what, century plus here. And now for us to change that, um, you know, I'm all about change when it's good change. And I think this will be good in a long term after people get used to it. But 
having young women with cell phones out in their hand on the golf course, I don't think is a very good uh, strategy. Uh, they're able to see what other kids are golfing. They're able to see what other teams are golfing. And they get, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, they get too caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And now we're not focusing on what we're supposed to be doing, putting the score on the card today. And it's not, and you can't even say put it away because you still need it. That is correct. That is correct. What I've been doing is is, is having our girls keep a scorecard, a regular paper card. And a lot of coaches have been doing it. And a lot of these tournaments have been doing this. I know at sectionals, uh, the scorecard was the official card. I personally kind of like that. I just think that uh, there's just, I think you lose um, focus after every hole. I got to pull out my cell phone and I got to enter my score and I, not my score. I got to enter the, 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 the girls that I'm playing with if I'm keeping their score. Cause you never keep your own score. You know, I'm not going to keep your score. You're not going to keep, you know, we're going to switch it around in our group so that you never keep your own score. So you have to be sharp focused. Um, you know, I mean, my daughter, she hashtags it on the scorecard. She keeps a stroke. She marks every stroke on the scorecard. That way we know it's extremely accurate. Now, I personally like that, but it's the wave of the future in technology. The, the, the app is really great for afterwards. I mean, everything's done. Mm-hmm. It, it, we're not sitting around adding up everything. It's within minutes, not even minutes, and within seconds. It's, it's like, okay, we're done, and then boom. boom. Press the button, all the totals are there, the total team scores are there, the total individual scores are there, and we're done and we're out of there. So, yeah. And we talked uh, we talked again before we went on about, you know, different moments throughout the year. Was there a moment where you thought a trip to States was possible? Or was that, was it, does this seem like it was so, this wasn't even on the realm of thought? Uh, this, this wasn't on the realm of thought, Lance, to be honest with you. I mean... Uh, second year story. This is a Cinderella story for these kids. Um, you know, we knew that, you know, we knew that we were pretty competitive. We've been competitive all year. Uh, the, the conference that we're in the Northwest area here, uh, district and the SBC conference, uh, division two, the, uh, Bay division that we're in very competitive, uh, Hope Aloudon, Danbury, you know, we've been battling with these schools all year. Margareta, another great program. And, uh, y- you know, we really didn't know that um, the specific timing or, or an event that we were state-bound. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. At districts, we were just, I was absolutely blown away that we even had, you know, that we were coming to a point that we may qualify. And it was a emotional roller coaster there to watch that scoring be put on the board and, and watch those kids. And so what can you say about what we will have later this week? When when does the team get on the course? What are they going to play? What can you tell us about that? We're leaving Calvert at about 8.30 on Thursday morning. Uh, they're having a big pep rally, and we're going to um, acknowledge our seniors for senior day. Uh, obviously, that we have a senior night, Friday night football. This coming Friday night, obviously, we're going to be in Columbus. So we're going to have a big pep rally, uh, acknowledge our seniors, get on the bus, Drive to Columbus. We have a practice round on Thursday at uh, 1210 at the Gray Course at The Ohio State University. And then we tee off Friday at 940. And we also play on Saturday. So. And you're guaranteed to play both days regardless of absolutely. Any, anyone else's results. That's correct. I'm sure they're going to base us base the, t- the, the tee times on Saturday based on how you play on Friday. Okay. I, w- I would assume, you know, right. uh, just like any other normal 
type tur- golf tournament would be. But uh, knowing that we were going to get here, not not n- never did. Uh, we just kept grinding and grinding and working hard, um, and it's just uh, a miracle, you know. And now you're here, and we're here. Well, not yet. yet. <laughs> not yet, but, but we, you will we'll, be. We will be shortly. Yeah, <laughs> we will be. This has been Calvert Head Girls Golf Coach Matt Brown. Coach, thank you once again for thank you, Lance, taking for taking me. the time to come talk with us. Good luck uh, later this week in the state tournament. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Van Buren girls golf coach Ron Denai here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on Classic It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner, and I am the owner of GRIT. We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at GRIT encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health, for yourself, your family, and your future. GRIT is located behind Ace Hardware and BodyWorks 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at GRIT, G-R-I-T-T, dot training at gmail.com. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations. Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on this Wednesday night. The Van Buren girls golf team won the district title last week. They'll be taking their talents to Columbus to play in the state golf tournament later this week. We're now pleased to be joined here by Van Buren head girls golf coach Rod and I here on the show joining us here from the Frickers Studios. Coach, how are you doing? Awesome. Thank you for inviting me to speak a little bit today. Yeah, thank you again for for taking the time to come talk with us. Very good. Very good. For you, what is your what is your golf background? How much experience do you have with the sport? When did when did you start getting involved with uh, golf as a game? Well, I was interested in as high in high school. Um, I went to North Baltimore, um, but there was only another gal and I that was interested, and we were up against um, a lot of very talented boys, and so um, I opted to do volleyball at that time. Um, but my dad was the Finley High School golf coach, Tom Reynolds, and um, so golf was definitely in the family, and we played recreationally as for fun, and um, 
Then I had uh, two sons that played uh, under Eric Heikamp, at, and they were Black Knights. And uh, they, I watched them play and, you know, was co- golf mom at that time. Um, and they had really, really great years. Um, in 2003, uh, they actually were able to go to state at that time, and uh, that was really phenomenal. My dad had taken six teams to state, so I'd been there to watch that, and uh, they won it, I think, in uh, 86, I think. Um, but anyway, so then after the boys uh, got out, I, you know, kind of had a little more time on my hands, and there was interest to start a girls' golf team. Actually, they had been playing as a club team for a year before uh, I was I was asked to help, and um, then uh, three years playing club, the school decided to sanction the team, and that was in uh, 2008. And I have been coaching for 15 years ever since it started. So, and so you kind of picked up right where you left off as far as uh, trips to state, because this is now the third straight season you guys are advancing. Correct? Yep, yep. We had, and we actually made our first appearance four years after the team started. Kind of similar to Calvert, actually. They are only two years into it. So after four years, we uh, were able to make it down to state, and then it's been. You know, it's been about nine, ten since we were able to go, but now we've been three years straight. So, so what is what has kind of been the key over the last few years to make consecutive state runs? Is it the players? Is it just the school kind of in general? What what do you attribute that to? Well, I definitely feel that it's the dedication that the players have. Um, you know, they they play a lot on their own. Uh, they improve their games on their own and then pull it together as a, as a team uh, effort. And um, uh, it, it's, it's all on them. I mean, the school backs us and, um, and we're really, really proud to represent Van Buren. That's what I think is so cool about going to state. We're actually the ambassadors this weekend. <laughs> This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris here with Van Buren Head Girls Golf Coach Ron Nine. You talked before, you know, with the success you've had as of late, but you hadn't won the district's title until last week. How big of a goal was that to be able to celebrate? And it wasn't like you just squeaked by. You guys won by 26 strokes. Yeah, yeah. We were really, really proud of that win. Um, we, we have been kind of following LCC for several years. Uh, LCC actually plays in our league. We play in the Nuago League, which is a, a Northwest Ohio Girls Golf League. A lot of people aren't familiar with that. It kind of is an extension of the Glass City League that was started. So we play a lot of Toledo teams in our league, actually a lot of Division One teams in the league. And the competition is really, really tough in our league itself. So uh, because we're playing with Finley, Bowling Green, Notre Dame, um, sometimes St. Ursula, uh, Sylvania, Southview, Northview, those aren't any teams to like blink your eyes at and dismiss. So, um, you know, I think the tough competition in that league has really helped us. But like I said, uh, LCC has really had their their streak. They won the state four years in a row, and we came in second behind them last year um, as uh, in uh, in the – district uh, tournament. So this year, unfortunately, they only have one gal remaining to play as an individual, um, Bridget McKay, and uh, she's an awesome gal, and um, she's advancing to state as well. But yeah, with them kind of out of the picture, it opened the doors a little bit wider for us. <laughs> and, and for you, obviously, you just mentioned you've been doing this 15 years now. So what are what are your practices like? What are What are kind of the typical practices for you during the week? 
Well, we go pretty serious Monday through Thursday, but, you know, my platform is uh, you got to have fun. I mean, about the time you quit having fun is the time that you need to step away. I mean, you can... um, you can learn life through fun. I mean, so I always try to keep uh, a light spirit uh, you know, with the girls. And, you know, even if they're going through stressful times, I try to, you know, keep them thinking positive and things like that. And, you know, they end up, I think this team, too, is really binding together. It's almost like you are born into a sisterhood when you join a golf team because the numbers usually are pretty small and uh, you're with the gals Monday through Thursday, you know, even closer than I would say cheerleading teams because <laughs> cheerleading squads, because, you know, cheerleading squads, you only see each other a couple times a week. But I mean, we're there Monday through Thursday working with each other. And, you know, it's, it's really a great, um, it's really a great sport to belong to. And for the off season, is it, different at all or what are, what are kind of for the off season i know obviously it's a little hotter in the summers but what are some of the differences between off season kind of getting ready for the season compared to once the season gets rolling yeah when in the off season especially in the winter months um the kids are pretty much on their own um i do know several of them you know continue hitting and so forth and i think um that really made a big difference this year when i saw some of the gals that really continued working on it um whether it be through their garage and their garage swinging uh you know if they were you know at uh simulators or whatever we were kind of fortunate to to get a simulator at school just late late in the year and we ha- haven't really used it that much but um, I'm thinking this winter we'll be able to use it a little more often and um, but yeah June starts out um, you know we start just kids can come it's optional at that point you can't mandatory you can't do a mandatory practice until August 1 so June and July are your prep times and um, you know it helps if there's family members that can help work with them too and uh you know, we just uh, see what we have on August 1 then. But a lot of times the girls are pretty dedicated coming through the summer, just even optionally, especially if they're just learning the sport. I've had a girl that just picked up a club for the first time in May. And honestly, the amount of time she put into the game, she is now our uh, seventh player. And she could probably go out and play varsity and, and put up at least, uh, you know, 55. So, you know, that's that's awesome. I wouldn't, though, broadcast too loudly that you have a simulator, because if you do, you're going to get like dads from all around that once it, especially now that it's getting colder out, that are going to want to come hit on that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think I think administratively it might be a high charge to rent. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios talking with Van Buren head girls golf coach Ron Zanayan. You talk about some of your players and I saw one. Uh, in Claire Recker, who's been a leader for your team all year as your number one player. What can you tell us about what she's like to coach and how important she's been for your team? Oh man, Claire is, uh, Claire Bear is, is it. She, um, she's just got, you know, the best attitude and uh, she is just so serious about her game. Uh, You know, she's the kid that after practice is still out there putting two more hours. I mean, I can't even tell you how many uh, how many hours she has in this game, but she lives, breathes, eats golf. And um, she even works out at Fostoria Country Club, which by the way, I want to give a shout out. Thank you, Andy Klaus and Cheryl Fox and all the staff at Finley Country Club, or I mean, Fostoria Country Club, I'm sorry. And um, also Loudon Meadows, who has uh, let us practice once in a while. But I mean, Andy and Cheryl and everybody, they really uh, believe in youth golf and they have treated us like first class citizens. And it's just really, really been nice to have them be our home course for the last for the last few years. And um, yeah, 
Claire. So anyway, yeah, Claire is um, Claire's going to be ready. That's what I can say. All right, she's going to be ready. So for, throughout the year, how many different courses would you say your team has played, and how how different are some of those courses from each other? In you know the different characteristics, whether it's the greens, the fairways, what whatever it might be. What are some of those different courses and some of those individual characteristics they have? Yeah, uh, we we probably played about a 16 uh, match schedule this year. Um, and we definitely play in a lot of the area uh, courses that, you know, are a little bit diverse and especially the ones we're going to be playing during our league uh, matches so that we get familiar with them. You know, Sycamore Springs, we try to play that as much as we can because we know usually know that's going to be our district course. Uh, you know, anytime I... I know that we might be able to get on some place like that. It's, it's really important. You know, we, um, we were able to practice yesterday at the Finley Country Club, and that course, I think, probably mimics the gray course at OSU more than any around. And so we were fortunate to be able to get on that and practice that a little bit. Um, so that was, that was really nice. And uh, I think the important thing what we did this year with our schedule is um, I decided to play – um, some tough tournaments. I mean, not, I mean, knowing that, you know, whatever, wherever we came in at, but we went down to Bishop Fenwick this uh, past August, soon after the season started, because I had, we had played with them the last couple of years at state. And he had a tournament going in which out of 18 teams, 12 of them had played at state, whether they were division one schools or division two. So we played in that tournament and we ended up faring out in second place. And uh, Jocelyn Hunt was uh, the medalist for the match with a 77, and Claire backed her up with a 79. So we had an, an awesome day. And we have actually, we lost to Independence, and Independence is also going to be at state. Um, we beat Alter, and Alter will also be at state. So, yeah, I think, I think picking um, tough, challenging, uh, competitive uh, tournaments and matches is key to success. I was going to ask a little later on if you thought there was at any point that if there was any at any point a match or a time where you it like clicked, oh, maybe we can make it to states. I imagine getting second in a field like that gave you a pretty good idea this could be in the could be in the forecast. Yeah, and there were 18 teams there. So it was pretty impressive win. Um yeah, and uh you know, it, it was a great feeling. I, I kind of knew then I had a good team. <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah. What are some, we talk about the different things in courses. What are some of the things that truly make a course better than another? I know obviously weather can be a big factor regardless, but what is kind of, if you have to pick like one thing that you want to be really, really good on a course, kind of what would that thing be? Um, well... I think the thing that we like to avoid is water <laughs> and bunkers. Um, that's always a challenge. Trees are going to be there. Uh, kind of depends if they're sort of sparse or dense. Um, Sycamore is a tight course where you have to put it right down the center of the fairway to, to be in the best positions because the trees just kind of line you like jail. Um, so, and, you know, other courses then, like St. Mommy Bay State Park that we played, were quite a different challenge because that is a Lynx course. So that's similar to what Red Hawk used to be. And um, some of the gals that used to play Red Hawk actually did pretty well on that course. 
you know, whereas others struggled, you know, getting it into Heather and so forth. So um, I hope. I hope I answered the question. I'm not sure. I'd say it was pretty okay. close. I'd Good. say it was pretty Good. close. <laughs> what is what is the difference, if really it is any different, for the fact that you're coaching many different players to do their best on their own, knowing they have to go out there, they have to be the one that makes the hits on the golf ball, versus you are still a team. We are still we are still in a mission to be the best team we can. How do you, I guess, navigate that balance if you really need to navigate that balance? Yes, that um, that is a challenge because, you know, part of the um, individual's goal is to just do the best they can to join together as the, you know, for the best of the team. But I really, really, really preach team because I think that that is – solely the most important thing I think because I think we saw it even happen a few times you know maybe a girl goes out and it's just not her day you know but another one will come through with flying colors and so if you can take the heat off the girl that's not maybe doing you know her best and tell her that her sisters have her (laughs) her sisters have her back and it's going to be okay it it, kind of pulls them out a little bit of, of the slump um so yeah, I kind of relate the team to a glove and I tell them you're all part of this glove. You know, you're a, you're a finger on that glove, but together I want you to look at this glove and remember that your 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 teammates have your back. And um we kind of saw that actually in the district play. You know, girls ended up we put up kind of our similar numbers that we usually do, but different girls hit those numbers. And so I thought that was really Uh, pretty uh, classic it was really wild in that match too because in the district play four out of my five golfers hit exactly the same on the front and the back nine I'd never seen that happen only one player uh, was higher on the front where where we started and then she lowered her score like by six strokes on the back she kind of really you know chugged along and did what needed to be but oftentimes girls will uh, will score better on the back, whether it's that they quit overthinking everything or they get warmed up or they're just tired and, you know, just and just go along. But, yeah, yeah, I uh, I really stress the team aspect and that we're all um, parts of the glove. So and looking ahead to later on this week, when does your team get on the course and what can you say about uh, the course they're going to play? Uh, we're playing at OSU's Gray Course. Um, it's it's uh, all in all, it's not too difficult of a course. Uh, you just have to know where to place the ball to be in the best position on the holes. Um, the greens, you typically want to kind of stay below the green, um, and sometimes it doesn't break as much as you think. So our practice round is going to be at eleven forty on um, Thursday. And uh, we go out all as a team, all five players. Um, we're going to strategize where we want to put the ball, and um, then we're going to do our thing. So that's where we're aim- aiming for. This has been Van Buren Head Girls Golf Coach Ron's and I. Coach, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck later this week in state. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Van Buren Head Boys Golf Coach Eric Heitkamp here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB. Everyone deserves a team of experts. Through Blanchard Valley Health System's membership with the Mayo Clinic Care Network, our doctors have access to the Mayo Clinic's knowledge, resources, and team of specialists. 
Our experts have experts, giving you the care you need close to home at no additional cost. For more information, please call 1-844-530-CARE. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right, they can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. And by the caring employees of the Ropey Corporation. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. You deserve a more empowering banking experience, and Premier Bank is giving you one. Earn $200 when you open a new simple checking account, and you'll enjoy easy mobile banking, no monthly account fees or minimum balance, and surcharge-free access to over 37,000 ATMs nationwide. Then get ready to enjoy $200 worth of, well, whatever you want. Visit yourpremierbank.com simple200 to view offer details. Premier Bank, powered by people. Offer valid through September 30th, member FDIC. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM WFOB and Classic Hits 96.7 WBVI. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on this Wednesday night. The Van Buren boys golf team advancing to the state title matchup later on this week. We are now pleased to be joined by Van Buren head boys golf coach Eric Heitkamp and assistant coach Richie Van Hoos here on the show here joining us from the Fricker Studios. Coaches, how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing really, really well. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, thank you again for, for taking the time to talk with us. Very much, very much appreciated. But for, for you guys, I, I'm not someone, I'll be honest, I'm not super plugged into the weekly updates of high school golf. But one thing I do know is Van Buren seems to be at the top or near the top every single year, year in, year out. What do you guys attribute to the success that seems to be with your program each and every year? Um, you know what? I think um, hardworking kids, like at the end of the day, that's that's what it takes to uh, be successful. Uh, you've got to get you got to have kids buying into the program and buying into what we're trying to do. Uh, we've been fortunate to have that happen for 20 plus years. And I think it's kind of uh, created a culture and it's kind of uh, bred the attitude of winning and high expectations. And uh, this team has been absolutely no different. Just uh, hard workers, grinders, uh, good close friends who wanted to to make each other better, and in the process, our team got better. And for 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 the practices, what are the practices? What do the, those entail? Do they entail like different stations? Are you actually on the course each day? What what does that uh, what does that exactly entail? No, that's a that's an excellent question. It's something I take a lot of pride in. And it's something um, I really, really enjoy this aspect of coaching. Uh, And I always chuckle and laugh when I say this to people because they're probably like, what do you mean they're high intensity? It's golf, right? Like it's it's um, over my years of coaching, I've kind of become a little bit more of a less is more kind of guy. We don't practice on Fridays. 
we practice when we're not playing in an event Monday through Thursday. And those hours are typically four to five 30, uh, very organized, very structured, um, sit down with coach Van Hoos and coach Carter. And we talk about the things we see or the things we know are coming up in, in future golf courses. You know, we can talk about that here in a minute with like Scarlet golf course that we'll be playing this weekend, but and then, and then put together a practice plan that is somewhat station-based. And uh, this year, I'm really excited about what we did is we we created some pods and created some inner competition. And pretty much everything we do at the golf course, whether it's a chipping drill or a six-foot putting drill uh, or even uh, a fun scramble on the golf course just to kind of uh, take the edge off a little bit, there's it, there's always a competition behind what we're trying to do. We want the kids to compete. That's that's kind of been our motto from day one: is compete, don't give up, quit, keep fighting, help your team. So good, fun practices, but really high quality. So then, how much does what those practices entail during the regular season? How much of that do you take into the uh, voluntary stuff you have throughout the summer? And what does what does that look like? You know, honestly, we we don't do a whole bunch in the summer. I, we run a junior golf camp uh, right out of school. That's a week long. The guys give a ton of energy for that. We usually have anywhere from 50 to 60 kids ranging kindergarten through eighth grade. And it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of teamwork. And when they're done with that, they're tired. And um, so we kind of give them a break. We need a break too. And um, then you got kids going off to vacations. Uh, but we have a great junior circuit here, the Finley Area Golf Association. And then even up in Toledo, you got the Toledo Junior Golf Association. We've got kids that try to play uh, higher national events, such as the AJGA. But we want them to just go play golf. We want them to compete. We don't really run a lot of structured, organized practices during the summer. They kind of take care of that themselves. Talking with Van Buren head boys golf coach Eric Heikamp and assistant coach Richie Van Hoos here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. And looking at some of your guys that have been a key part of what you have done, Carson Fultz and Weston Heikamp, two guys that have been key players for you guys all season long. What can you tell us about them and what they've brought to your team uh, each and every day? Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn this over to, to Coach Van Hoos. He does a lot of the on-golf course uh, coaching and working with the kids and um, he's gonna he's gonna talk about the guys a little bit so here he goes yeah so Carson Fultz um, he, he's been our workhorse all year uh, the kid grinds he doesn't stop playing golf thinking about golf he's he truly is one of our one of our best players um, and then Weston one of our leading seniors uh, the kid breeze golf I mean he loves it um, and, you, and it shows out there on the golf course the kids work hard um, it makes our jobs coaches really easy when you have great kids who just who just have the the bug to play golf nonstop, even when we don't practice, they're out there on the course regardless. So um, it's it's it makes coaching a lot easier when you have kids like that. So, so I mentioned Carson Fulton, Weston Heitkamp. Who are some of the other uh, players, both uh, maybe the ones that are going to be playing later this no. week and the other guys? Who are some of the other guys that have been instrumental for your team? Yeah, so um, Isaac Dyer is another one of our, our varsity guys. He is a sophomore. Um, he's really grown as a player, uh, just being a – he played a lot as a freshman, and then this year he really where he's starting to come into his own. Um, and then um, coming up, we also have uh, Ben Heikamp, uh, which is the Weston's younger brother, um, young freshman. Um, he's experienced, and I think he's well, well on his way to be a pretty good golfer when it's all said and done. Um, and then we also have our, our, our last senior, Peter Harrington, rounding out our, our back end, which 
Um, Peter Peter gets the job done. It, it may not be as well as he wanted to script it, but um, the kid grinds. He's a great competitor. I'd say he's probably one of our our hardest working and probably our most fierce competitor out there on the golf course. Um, and then we have some some guys on the back end. Uh, Tanner Bond, who's helped us throughout the year. Uh, we use his score quite a bit throughout the year. And um, so, yeah, we got, a, we got a nice young group coming up behind that. So, And how different is it for, for both of you to your coaching players, but it's, you know, individual, it's still a team, but you still have different individual parts in ways that are different from, you know, some of the other team sports. What is, what is that kind of differential like line, you know, between focusing on player and focusing on the team too? Yeah, it's, it, it's different. Um, I, I always joke with Eric. I, I never really saw myself in the coaching golf. Um, it's not, I also call coach baseball in the spring. So uh, they're totally different sports. Uh, you're managing a lot of, a lot of emotion. Um, golf, golf, as you know, can be a true humbling sport. So um, just keeping kids um, even keel and not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, managing emotions is probably the biggest thing out in the golf course, but it, it's enjoyable. And like, like Coach Heidkamp said, we have great kids uh, that come from great families, bust their butts. Um, so it's really fun to be out there on the course with them. And throughout the year, you guys are playing on a variety of courses with a variety of different, you know, nooks and crannies in each of those courses. What are some of the what are some of the courses you guys have played that, for whatever reason or other, really stand out as uh, some important ones throughout the year? Well, I, I think uh, what separates us a little bit is is the ability to play some of these amazing golf courses these kids have. I think this is probably one of our our larger advantages. Um, our schedule is set up to be really, really tough. We don't fill the varsity schedule out with 20 full events. We travel a lot. So I want to make sure that we're still rested. Um, I'll be honest for a little bit this year. I thought maybe I kind of missed the boat here because we peaked early. Like I want to say mid to late August. And then we took a break when we started school in September, right after labor day. And we didn't play a lot of golf and we kind of came out flat for the next week or two. And, and then the gas pedal went down again and we started to play well, but we, we play some really, really competitive golf courses. We play um, in the division uh, two and three uh, state preview tournament at North Star. Uh, we play in a predominantly division one uh, loaded field down at Walden Ponds that that's hosted by Archbishop Muller. Uh, we played at Columbus Academy's event at Little Turtle, a really, really nice private club. Had the opportunity to be in our own backyard and play the Trojan Invitational at Finley Country Club, which is a true test of golf. Uh, again, against a really, really good field. Um, so that that's something we really take pride in. We even host our own events um, at Black Knight Classic at our home golf course. Um, and, our, and our friends over at Sycamore Springs help us put on a wonderful event. And so I think that's how it kind of works. You know, it, it's one of those, uh, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. I'll invite you to my tournament, but we'd like to see if we could play in your event as well. And our guys appreciate that. They they seem to appreciate the wonderful opportunities they've been given, some superior private country clubs that maybe they might not otherwise play but they test us they stretch us out and then we come home and you know we play events closer to home and the golf courses seem a little bit easier and i think that plays to our advantage and looking ahead to later on this week for the state tournament going to be playing down in columbus what can you say about when your different players are going to be playing and the course they're going to be playing on yeah, so uh, this is awesome. This is our first year in Division Two, so we have been Division Three since I started coaching back in the early 2000s, and uh, 
the redrawal of the distribution of divisions put us as the last school in division two. Um, something we take a lot of pride in that we were able to make to the state tournament in our first year in division two. So we will be at the Ohio State University Scarlet Golf Course. And this place is fantastic. It is going to be absolute uh, gorgeous. The golf course is going to be firm and fast. It's going to be a test. And uh, the team that comes out on the top uh, after Saturday is going to be a true champion. This has been Van Buren Head Boys Golf Coach Eric Heikamp along with Assistant Coach Richie Van Hoos. Coaches, thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. Good luck later on this week in the state tournament. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on Classic. It's 96.7 WBVI and ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Mac, we are here to wrap up this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks to everyone who joined us here on the show today. Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing, and the comeback to talk Ohio State football. Seven Adams Finley High School's head football coach, Matt Brown, Tiffin Calvert, girls golf coach, Ronda Nye Van Buren, girls golf coach, Eric Heikamp, and Richie Van Hoos from Van Buren Boys Golf Team. And if you missed any part of our show or any of those interviews or just want to hear them again, you can head over to WFB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from the past seasons as well. And Matt, um, we were we were supposed to end at uh, 7.30. We're, we're definitely not going to do that tonight. <laughs> uh, no, no, we're not. Uh, we're, we're you're, you're getting some extra hours sports huddle tonight. You know, we, we like to like to give back to the audience every chance we get. And also we had a ton of interviews this week. So yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to be on for a little bit tonight. It's, 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 it's okay. Everyone can enjoy a little bit later action. It's, it's fine. And again, we are not at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials for Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day, Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight you can get their sirloin steak dinner Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can, Pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All those daily specials are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. You can also find them online at Frickers.com. And don't miss our coverage of high school football coming your way this Friday night. It all gets started with the NWO Orthopedics Psych Up Show here again from the Frickers Studios. Bart Wilson, Reese Landing, get you ready for all the action for week nine of high school football. They will go live at 6 o'clock. On WFOB, we'll have coverage of Elmwood and NBC matchup with Genoa coming off of a nice win of their own are the comments as they were able to knock off Otsego last week. John Conlon and Tom Grind have that one for you Friday on WFOB. On Classic Hits, our game of the week takes us to Tiffin and will feature the Tiffin Calvert Seneca's hosting the Hopewell Loudon Chieftains in a rivalry matchup in the SBC River. Matt Common and I will have that one for you Friday night on Classic Hits 96.7. Then after the games, we'll go back to the Frickers Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Scoreboard Show. Bart Wilson, Reese and recap all the action, and you can hear that on Friday night once those games have all wrapped up. And it should uh, should be fun to get uh, get back to Frost Cow now. It's where we started our season, and now we'll get to finally get back there in Week 9 to see Calvert uh, try and essentially pull off an upset against a very good Hopewell Loudon team. Yeah, very, very good Hopewell Loudon team. They they have done a good job actually recovering after a uh, a rough week one against Cary. They've turned things around pretty nicely for themselves. It, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a much, much tougher game than people are advertising already. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. 
For my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Morris signing off from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. We'll talk to you on Friday night for our coverage of Hopewell Loudon taking on Calvert. Thank you again for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.